1: Chicago on WNDZ 750 A.M. The time is 834 on this hot Chicago Thursday morning, Father Greg Sackowitz and Mark Teresi, 312 255 8408 Mark, that was very uplifting it and sure inspiring.
2: Was totally inspiring. Very impressed with the professionalism yeah. uh, of and I hope our listeners uh, not only were get a spiritually copy. moved, but get a copy. Get yeah. a copy
1: and, uh, and Father Larry Dowling's one of the best of the best we have it of sure priests. Is in Chicago, and, uh, and Dennis uh, Dennis Smith, he, he, he brings it. He's outstanding with what he does. You're so
2: with it. <laughs> <laughs> he brings it.
1: Oh, this board's jargon just comes <laughs> out of me, just, just off my lips so, just flows so quickly. <laughs> I'm going to get my composure oh, can, back. Me too. Josh Goralski heads up an organization called Unlocking Communities. From the group's website. We equip entrepreneurs with the education and tools to sell sustainable products and unlock economic, social, and environmental transformation in their communities. Josh Goralski, welcome to the program. You're back by Popular Demand. Plus, uh, we both know Josh from the Cathedral. Exactly. And, Josh, how are you today?
0: Good. How are you? I'm glad to hear you were just talking to Father Larry, too. What a wonderful way to start the morning.
1: You know Father Larry?
0: Oh, yeah, very well. Very well. I've done a lot of work.
1: Where do you know Larry from? Um, St. Agatha? Oh, yeah, exactly. And it, uh, he's been passed there for a good number of years. And, uh, you know, Josh, we've worked together at the cathedral. By the way, folks, Josh is a computer guru. Mm-hmm. This this guy, you know, Josh is as good as they come in terms of computers, technology, that whole thing. But now, Josh, I have to ask you, unlocking communities is the work you do in the community in Haiti, correct?
0: Yes, correct. We work in 13 different communities across Haiti.
1: Now, you have a tremendous story on how this even happened. How did this all start? I know it involves your mother and father.
0: Yeah, so to recap how it started is it involves when my mom and dad made the decision to host a Holy Cross priest for a week when I was eight years old, and... Over that time, I got to know the priest because I actually gave up my bedroom so he could stay in my bedroom. And that trip, that, that that experience at the age of eight years old really opened my eyes to Haiti and to the world around us as he started to share stories. And this would
1: have been what year? Country. This was in
0: 1999.
1: And you were living in what suburb at the time? In Naperville. In Naperville. And your mother and father opened their home to, a, ironically, a ironically. I was uh, taught by the Holy Cross priests and brothers at Notre Dame High School in Niles, class of seventy-one, a tremendous community. And so this priest stayed at your house for one week, who was from Haiti, Mm -hmm. and working. And then what happened then?
0: Yeah, and then the church I grew up at in Naperville, St. Thomas the Apostle, decided to enter into a twinning relationship with that parish. So I would be involved, and my mom would be involved in different initiatives growing up more in kind of the charity sphere at that moment. And as the research came out, our church tried to move the work from really charity-centric to justice and empowerment-centric work for this community in Haiti. Um, St. Thomas has taken over 60 trips to Haiti, I think it is now, and I had the honor to go in 2009 to Haiti right before the earthquake struck.
2: Tell our listeners about your first trip to Haiti and what, what, what did you see?
0: Yeah, what I really saw was the people and the relationships. We had gone on a youth trip to celebrate the first ever secondary school or high school graduating class from the town of Douche de Haiti. So there was so much joy and so much excitement. And I remember I did not I I went down there feeling like I should be doing something. I should be doing manual work. But upon further reflection, I really learned that the biggest purpose we have when traveling abroad is to build relationships mm-hmm. and to share cross-culturally between cultures. And what struck me on that trip was all these students in this town saying, I would love to go to college if I could tomorrow, but I finished secondary school and I, I don't know what to do now because they don't have the money to attend any universities or post-secondary education options.
1: What I find fascinating, Josh, is if you grew up in a home where your mother and father were non-believers, or church, you know, Christmas and Easter time, or could care less about social justice or the poor. Really, what your mom and dad did by having that priest into your home for a week, in some ways, changed the course of your life.
0: Exactly. No, I mean, I I don't owe it all to the relationships of them and their really vision of how the church's mission and the social justice Sphere, it leads its work, and they have been instrumental in leading so many social justice initiatives both locally here in the Chicago area and then in Haiti as well.
2: Yeah. Now, Josh, how old are you?
0: I am 28.
2: So 28. 20 you're not, a, I wouldn't say, a typical 28-year-old. No. How, how does a young adult hear this message at 8 years old, and where did this come from, the idea of how this has grown in faith? This project and all the work you're doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I grew in faith because of my parents. They they led us by example, and I remember as a kid growing up, I wanted to do social justice walks on my birthday every year. Every year there was a walk to raise awareness for hunger relief in the suburbs of Chicago, and I wanted to do that walk every year on my birthday.
1: Hold on, how old were you when that started? That walk.
0: It started about the same time, eight or ten, and I remember having so much fun the first time we went. And it happened to always be right around my birthday, and that's what I wanted to do on my birthday. Weekend. So for your
1: birthday, you want to actually do the walk to raise money for the poor?
0: Yeah.
2: So I taught fifth grade that's years ago. I taught fifth grade years ago. If a student of mine came up to me as a fifth grader and said, "I'd like to do a walk uh, for social on justice, my birthday for social justice I would, to raise it, money for the poor," I would it's have thought, not, "Wow, not typical."
1: Not typical, Josh. Yeah. I mean, that, that Josh that really amazes me that for my birthday, I wanted a baseball, a football, go outside and play. And uh, when I was eight years old or ten, and I was not exactly thinking about. He still does. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: my, I mean, my parents really led by example and invited us to participate in the ways they were living out the social justice mission of the church through different initiatives and made made giving back fun and made it about relationships. I, and I have a and
1: question, Josh. Really? What you're just on. saying with you know going for the walks for your birthday to raise money for the poor and social justice? Um, were your friends on board with this? Or were they teasing you about this? Or did you get some of them to join you in all of this?
0: Uh, I tried to get them to join me. It was definitely a long experience. I remember fast forward to high school, I said I wanted to go to a Jesuit university to study nonprofit management. And my friends all looked at me like, "Um, you can make money doing this. All my other friends yeah. were saying they want to go be a you know, computer programmer or whatever because it makes the most money. And I'm like, I want to go study nonprofit management.
1: Now, it's, see, it's very interesting. Your mindset were many young people who are doing a great job, and they're good people. But how much money can I make? Yours was about the gospel of Christ, about relationship building, and, and bettering a community. But I need to ask you this. In how many trips have you made to Haiti?
0: I have made six. 16- plus trips to
1: Haiti. Now, here's the thing. You can go over there and touch people's lives, but I'm sure you'd be the first to say you have gained more and learned more from that community, how they have touched you than whatever you gave them.
0: Oh, for sure. And it's it's even deeper than that. It's that first trip to Haiti that I recognize that it's not about the work that you do there. And I, I am actually a big proponent of really recognizing before anyone travels abroad that you're going to learn yourself and that any manual work could easily be done by people locally there. So the biggest thing that you can do when you're going abroad is simply to listen and to experience the culture and to embrace and encounter kind of their, see how they witness their faith in a daily basis.
2: So, Josh, you've been there 16 plus times. Mm-hmm. Relationship is important to you. Who's your best friend in Haiti and why?
0: Oh, that's just a tough question. I have so many best friends. I have a Haitian mother, as I call her. I have—my best friend is actually my country director. Um, we have grown really close. After my father passed away, I learned that his father actually passed away when he was 14 years old, and he was struck by lightning. And oh, sometimes wow. we forget that crises like that you know, happen all over the world, and um, the church, Catholic Church actually really took his family in, and so he got to know many— the Catholic priest, and that's how I actually got to know him was through the Catholic Church Network in Haiti.
2: That's wonderful. We're going to take a little break and come back and continue to talk to Josh about Unlocking Communities. WNDZ, 750 a.m. on your dial, 312-255-8408. Catholic Chicago, please stay tuned. We'll be back in a few minutes.
4: The 23rd annual Monsignor Senior Michael Boland Golf Invitational was unfortunately canceled for this year, but we are still gathering online to offer support to Catholic Charities Family Stabilization Services that benefit each year from this outing. Catholic Charities has been working nonstop throughout the pandemic to help the growing number of people who have lost their jobs and never before imagined needing assistance. Can you help us help them? become a sponsor, purchase raffle tickets, or simply make a donation to help people who are very much in need this summer. This special online drive and raffle continues through August 31st. For more information, visit the events page on Catholic Charities website and look for the Monsignor Senior Boland Golf Invitational. Thank you for helping make this
3: a major win for a great cause this year. More and more people around the world are interested in their family history. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today.
4: Catholic Charities Divine Affair home tasting parties are going virtual. This year marks the 20th anniversary of Divine Affair, the elegant wine tasting event that benefits our self-sufficiency programs. Low-income single parents with dependent children are trying to break the cycle of welfare and poverty. Today, the need is greater than ever, as the COVID-19 pandemic has left thousands of newly struggling families in need of immediate assistance. You can easily coordinate a virtual wine tasting and help Catholic charities at the same time. Each guest will enjoy a sample wine kit that includes wine and a guide, all courtesy of Lewis Glenn's Wines. You can gather your friends and family for this fun event or incorporate a celebration for a birthday, anniversary, or engagement at the same time. To learn more about a virtual home tasting party and how you and your guests can win fabulous raffle prizes, call today at 773-756-6937. That's 773-756-6937. Cheers!
0: We're back.
2: WNDZ 750 AM on your dial. 312-255-8408. Catholic Chicago. And we're speaking with Josh Goralski, who heads up, really is the founder of Unlocking Communities. I had a question, Josh. How, is this, yeah. how are these storms impacting Haiti right now?
0: Yeah, so one thing that I think a lot of us might forget living here in the United States is that a country like Haiti, because the primary fuel source that people cook with is charcoal, and that's something we're working to address for unlocking communities, the country is 98% deforested.
2: Did you repeat repeat that again? Because I don't think,
0: I didn't know that, did you? 98% of the country is deforested.
2: And, And cooking with charcoal.
0: And cooking with charcoal. So it's, every day it becomes lot, lot more and more deforested. But what happens wow. is anytime time it rains, there's all it's all dirt because all the trees have been taken down. And the biggest thing that prevents landslides in developing countries where you don't have infrastructure is trees because they absorb so much of water and prevent massive landslides. So what what happened was few people died during the tropical storms because of the landslides. Um, And luckily, you know, Unlocking Community sells clean Clean burning stoves that use fifty percent less charcoal and water filtration systems. And right after a storm, you can't go buy any clean water. So having a water filtration system in your home for your family to use is the only way that you can drink clean water in the aftermath of a storm. So luckily, the tropical storm wasn't as bad as it is now when it's approaching the U- U.S. this morning. But and by the way, did, did it did hit impact.
1: landfall in New Orleans? Yes, or Santa yeah. or what's it called? Um, Lake Charles or something was that, uh, Yeah,
0: right on the Texas Louisiana mm-hmm. border. I'm pretty sure and it
1: pounded pretty badly. I hear, or from what they said last night, it was close to hit. Be very very bad and really crush the coast there. And uh, out of curiosity, Josh. When did the deforestation begin in Haiti? How many years ago?
0: So it began. It began with really coloni- when colonization started happening in Haiti, and there was some. The country was actually really rich in natural resources. That people came and mm-hmm. really took a lot of the natural resources and they out of the whole the country. The whole, country. The whole country of natural resources. Yeah,
1: because I, <laughs> I'm I'm very much an environmentalist, and it breaks my heart when you have all these trees cut down. And always in the name of progress or money, and then and being a big bird watcher, I've seen more species become extinct because of loss of habitat, and also because you know, they slam into buildings and you know, but less places for breeding. Uh, I believe in global warming; the changes there, and so it. Uh, now, in yeah. let me ask you this: know, in, in the, you're going with your work to Haiti. How'd you come up with the name "Unlocking Communities"? Yeah, the very that's title a great- intrigues me.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And to answer that question, I'm going to remind your listeners that they weren't listening to our first segment we did back a few months ago. The mission of Unlocking Communities is to equip entrepreneurs with the education and tools to sell sustainable products that unlock economic, social, and environmental transformation. So for all those business people out there, the, really the triple bottom line of economic savings, health savings, and environmental savings. And the name Unlocking Communities really comes out of Catholic social teaching and the work of Gustavo Gutierrez that you know talks about to be a, a voice a voice for those without a voice, and the importance of helping communities find their voice, and that really all we're doing in, with unlocking communities is help helping to provide access to loans of products for communities, so that they can begin to find their voice through starting businesses to sell these products that benefit their own health, save families money, and also save the environment. And one family last month. Father Greg, reported saving 75% of the money that they would spend on charcoal to cook with because they bought a new stove. Wow. So that's 75 cents for each meal they save, which when you're living on $5 or less per day, that's a lot of money. That's That's 2 or $3 a day.
1: I have a a question since you're so in contact with uh, the Haitian community, and that is, we certainly know the stance or where things are at in this country with COVID-19. How bad are things in Haiti with covid nineteen?
0: Yeah, and oftentimes, thanks for asking that question it gets it gets really overlooked when the crisis is you know so bad here at here in the United States as well, but countries like Haiti that normally have relied on unfortunately a lot of foreign aid to help um the crisis in Haiti luckily to this point is not as bad as experts feared it would be which is good because they had no capacity to really respond to it. That being said, what has happened is there's been a big economic crisis in Haiti because of COVID. Inflation has gone up by about 25 percent in Haiti, devaluing their currency. Um, There still have been quite a number of COVID cases, and because of how remote some of the communities are, no one will ever know the exact count of cases. And there was luckily some funding put into their medical system to strengthen and building COVID wards through the great organization, Partners in Health, and Paul Farmer's work there. But um, luckily it hasn't been as bad, but the country lives in fear. Their schools are trying to go back to school because they can't do virtual education there, and they don't have any funds for for, you know, what blocks between schools or social distancing because the classrooms are so overcrowded there and most schools are overcrowded. So um, it's, it's with cautious optimism. A lot of people are looking at the situation in Haiti, but, but going back to the work of unlocking communities, the economic savings is needed now more than ever with that rapid inflation that's been caused by COVID.
2: So with that being said, Josh, you're not independently wealthy. How do you fund this project?
0: Yeah. So we are grateful to have the support of several Catholic communities here in the Chicago area. Well, give and them give them the shout outs.
2: Give them shout outs right now.
0: Yeah, I mean the community of Old Saint Path, the community of Saint Thomas the Apostle Neighborhood, the community of Saint Margaret Mary actually up in Nino, Wisconsin also supports our work and another community in Dorf, Iowa and more are or contact me every week or two to get in, involved in our work. And then, many individuals, as Father Greg mentioned at the beginning, you can go to our website, unlockingcommunities.org, and make a donation there. Every, so give, every, give that $25. one more time, Judge.
1: They want to make a, a donation.org. And what about a phone
0: number? 630
1: 303
0: 7259. The
1: number once again
0: 630 303 7259.
2: Okay, Josh, so this is a not-for-profit. Mm-hmm. You have to pay your rent. How do you mm-hmm. do it? How do you do that?
0: It's really through the grace of God and a lot of trusting in God's work that through it all we will be able to recover from this natural disaster and these disasters and help the country of Haiti move forward. So it's, it's been an amazing leap of faith. I left working at the National Office of the YMCA to come and work with Unlocking Communities and, it, and found the organization because we were doing a pilot since 2012 in Haiti, and the Haitian communities came to me, and they're like, can you help us with the resources to expand Unlocking Communities? Can we grow into more communities?
2: So do you envision this as your life's work?
0: Yes. I envision this as a project that I need to get to the point of sustainability, and our goal is within 5 to 10 years to be able to hand unlocking communities in Haiti off to a 100% Haitian leadership team that will keep the business going for as long as it's needed in Haiti.
1: So right now this is your full-time job with quotes yes. around it. That, that's just amazing. You're 28 years old. But the thing is that I'm hearing, I'm, I'm sure so with Mark along with our listeners, is the passion you speak with. It's like it's coming from your toes, the very core of your being, the passion you have for unlocking communities, to, you know, working with this community. It's all about relationship building, the, the friends you've made, the relationship you've built. But uh, your heart is so into this. It just it, it just amazes me, Josh. And We've talked one-on-one about this, and it's just like um, it just it's, it's, it's your life right now.
0: Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is my life, but I'm, I'm doing it, you know, not really for myself. I'm doing it for the Haitian people and that to help them find their voice in their communities, as Gustavo Gutierrez talks about, and to help them, because when we go into new communities, Father Greg and Mark, within weeks, we will sell over 200 water filtration systems. Since COVID began, we have doubled our impact. Reaching over 1,300 families with clean water. And as soon we're going to, and reaching 10,000 people with hand washing stations as well. So, when
1: is your next trip planned to Haiti?
0: As soon as it is safe, I'm looking to go back later this fall-early 2021. But one of the, one of the incredible things about unlocking communities is that the work, because it's 100% Haitian-led, continues on each and every day. There are four communities we're going into within the next two weeks and going to, emp- going to empower a group there to start selling water filtration systems and giving them business education training to really ha- have a better life and help their communities and start to organize.
1: Now, Josh, we only have one minute left. Again, if someone would like to make a donation, give us the web and the phone number.
0: Yes, our website is unlockingcommunitiesalloneword.org and you can also give me a call at area code 630-303-7259 again 630-303-7259 and what about Thank you so much
2: what about if a parish wants to get involved in projects like you've mentioned the other parishes would that how would they contact you
0: yeah same same way they can contact me repeat same, same it one more time Sure. UnlockingCommunities.org and click on Contact Us at the bottom, or you can give me a call at area code
1: 630-303-7259. One thing in a very special way, Josh Garalsky, who heads up the organization called Unlocking Communities. Josh, you are an inspiration to all of us. God bless you. Thanks for all you're doing for not only the church in Chicago, but the wider community, Haiti and beyond. I want to thank in a very special way Mark Teresi, co host. Mark, always great to be with you, it and then we'll walk back to the cathedral. Yes. Special thanks to our producer, Jim Dish, who is now stepping down as the director of the Office of Radio and TV. And I'm looking at Vince Gerisoli, the new head man of the office. So, welcome, Vince, and special thank you to our engineer, Michael May, who did a great job again. To our listeners, may God bless all of you. Have a blessed week. Go, White
2: Sox. Go, Cubs. Mm. Okay.